Alrighty, let's get started with today's episode. I think I got my music ready. Let's load it up. This should, this should be a really fun theme song, go. That, that kind of sucked. Let's, let's hear another one. This sounds like fucking like Nintendo 64. This sounds like something that would be like in the lobby for like an N64 game. Ugh. Yeah. They just yeah. Don't worry folks. I know the right theme song to play. Let's have a, a fun go. Yeah, that's a much better theme song. Hopefully we heard that first part. Hi, welcome to a podcast with Jordan Haas. I'm your host, Jordan Haas. This is a ramble episode. Uh, the last few episodes have been game show related. We talked about my favorite five game shows. We talked about a review of Cheat. And it's good. Um, but today is going to be another rambly episode. Uh... Honestly, it's been very stressful, IRL. Um, my mom's health got really bad, really, really bad. Panic attacks mixed with need an oxygen tank, uh, muscle spasms, the whole works. And um, I haven't had any sleep in a few days. So I had no time to really get on this computer and play video games. Um, barely any time to even watch movies or TV shows or any of that for that matter. But uh, luckily, I took a little nap, about two hours. I have a tummy ache from eating hot dog on a stick. Did you know you can DoorDash hot dog on a stick? Mall food delivered through DoorDash. Use promo code. No, um, yeah, so it was, it was a nice treat. It was it was St. Patrick's Day, and I I thought okay let's just give this a try. Yeah, it's fine. I actually say I have had a lot worse, and that one was actually pretty good. But it just kind of lingers. And I think it's just because the I had the big large uh, frozen lemonade, which is really good. 
really really good anyway uh this week has been uh in terms of media interesting the oscars happened i was really happy about everything everywhere all at once winning all sorts of awards so that was very uh, valued uh, and because the internet uh has just these little like hiccups and then they forget uh there was like discourse over jamie lee curtis winning and i was like oh that's i mean i understand stephanie Shu did really good but i mean i'm happy it's jamie lee curtis if not stephanie like that's a good second choice um but then you know oh no you know wakanda forever we should really finally give angela bassett her roses and unfortunately they didn't but that's that was kind of the one uh award in the oscars that kind of was heated up as they say um but uh there i thought it was a good award show i thought the oscars were good uh Another thing was the On Cinema Oscar special still remains one of the best things to come up as alternate programming because of the satire of how people take movies seriously. It's still very funny. Uh, so those two are really, really the highlights of the week. Now, it's time for me to try and remember what the fuck Gotham Nights was. So, I, Gotham Knights was a video game that came out the last year. And it had Nightwing and Red Hood and Batgirl and Tim Drake Robin. And it's, it's a, I would say, a 3 out of 5 game. It's not the best game. I'm happy there's a Nightwing game, but it's not really a Nightwing game. It's honestly should be a four-person beat-em-up game if they're going to go that route, make a modern-day X-Men arcade. But they won't, because a lot of games have to do modern sensibilities, and that includes all these weird packs and I, I, I think they were trying to go for like a Borderlands situation with that maybe so then there's a TV show on the CW called Gotham Knights and it's always weird because oh boy another fucking Batman thing from the makers behind Gotham and I'm gonna say this in complete honesty I am a grown-ass adult. I am well into my 30s. I'm not the target audience for a CW show. I think most CW shows are young adult novels that suck ass. It's mostly a fan service of a hot guy shirtless because you are a 14, 15, 16-year-old girl and you want to oogle a hot guy. Most of the women in these shows sometimes are presented as smart which is great but other times really fucking stupid in a way that i find most degrading to most women characters in general so it becomes this sort of thing where it's like well who the fuck watches these shows other than dumb people i you watch fucking riverdale it's like dumb chalk dumb emo kid, dumb rich girl, and dumb smart girl. And the dumb smart girl has like some sensibilities, but then still follows through with this dumb shit. And all of the CW TV shows that are DC related 
have kind of been sucktacular. I understand The Flash is coming to an end, and I thought the first season was great. Second season, eh. But you gotta remember, a good chunk of this is The Flash, Barry Allen, is falling in love with, with Iris, and Iris is the adopted sister. It's, this is fucking insensual. This is shit. Green and Arrow, which was the Arrow show, had like a guy who was like, I want to be a, a good boyfriend, husband, billionaire, but no, I don't want to. And it just was this shitty love story about how hard it is to juggle life as a vigilante with a social life. Like, that was the fucking story, because it's the fucking CW. And Steven and Mel did a great job. It lasted five seasons, whatever. Legends of Tomorrow was the best, because around season three, when everyone thought this is fucking going to get canceled, they didn't give a shit, and it had some of the best storylines, like a giant fucking Furby wreaking havoc in Vancouver, because they're all fucking filmed in Vancouver. There's Supergirl. Did you know Supergirl exists? It used to be a CBS show, then it lost its budget, and now it's on the CW. Did you know there's a Superman in Lois show? With the Teen Wolf guy. Did you know there's a Batman show without Batman featuring a young guy who's supposed to be like a young Bruce Wayne but isn't? This is that show. There's a Carrie Kelly. And guess what Carrie Kelly is? If you said a smart dumb girl, then yes, you would be right. Not since Velma did I see a character go, ugh, God, gross. This is what passes as television for young minds. And I'll be honest here. This was one of the worst shows I have seen in quite a while. To ask me right now, is it worse than Titans? I will honestly say yes. Titans is a better show. And Titans sucked ass because they were inconsistent with their episodes. Beast Boy was like the comic foil, but then also the best friend, and also turns into a line and nothing else, but also had all these powers, but then didn't have all the power, and oh, there's Jason Todd, but no Jason Todd, and it just, I uh, fuck Batman, but also Batman's cool, it just, it just fucking sucked, it reeked. Gotham Knights has that same aura, but with worse writing, believe it or not. None of these characters I really find redeemable to care about. This is the Birds of Prey show from the 2000s manifested into a Gotham City that could best be described as Vancouver, but with a gray filter. Every fucking one of these shows looks like Vancouver with a gray filter. It's, again, one of the worst shows. I don't even remember the main character's name. It's like, it's not Tim Drake. It's like, and we, and the shitty part is, like, Jack made a whole joke about it, but it was just yuck. I hate to say it, just really yuck. Uh, and Misha Collins, because I guess CW is now basically just, hey, remember Supernatural? That's what they do. They have, like, the fucking one Supernatural guy is a fucking Walker, Texas Ranger in a reboot. 
another is like in, I believe, the Superman Lois show, I believe. And a third one is fucking Harvey Dent in Gotham Knights. And then they're all in this spinoff show called The Winchesters. This is the Supernatural show. Maybe someone got the hint that like, oh, Supernatural is such a hit show and we need to make some more. Oh, Turner Hayes. Turner Hayes. That's right. So here's the thing. The premise is Bruce Wayne's been murdered and these teenagers are the ones framed for murder when we know it's probably somebody else. That's the main storyline. But what makes it really shit is like they have a Carrie Kelly that's bad. They have this uh, Turner Hayes who just is fucking Bruce Wayne. They can't do Dick Grayson. They can't do a Robin. So they're just saying Turner Hayes, you know. Um, there's Duella, who's like they try to make more like punchline. Uh, and then Harper Rowe and Colin Rowe. And Harper is one of my favorite new characters in the Batman lore. And Colin, I, I. <laughs> Here's the thing. Colin Rowe's character is great because it was an openly gay person in like the late, like 2009, 2010 comics lore. And his whole gimmick was he crushed on Tim Drake Robin and couldn't come up with the courage to say that. And this is before Tim Drake came out as bi and all that stuff. So now it's like retcon into wow, Colin Rowe got fucked over. So in this world, he's sort of the, I, the best way to describe Colin's character is, well, Harper is like a tech nerd and Colin's like the brother who likes memes. Anyway, it's the Court of Owls. That's the solution. Anyway, I can just do clue the television show. It, it just, it just so do something like that. Yeah, we don't need bullshit like this. So I saw this and first of all, very boring. So I had to pause it and rewatch. Still terrible to watch. And then it just was just like horrifyingly gross. First of all, it's like the characters weren't good in all this. And I had to use a <laughs> What's the best thing? Uh, some sort of way to water it down. Some sort of way to just like a, a palate cleanser. That's the term. So my palate cleanser was Taskmaster Australia. Uh, Taskmaster Australia is a really good version of Taskmaster. I, you don't need me to review Taskmaster. It's my number two favorite game show of the year. And every version, including the Australian one, is included in that. This version is hosted by Tom Gleason, who, as you may know, is the host of Hard Quiz in Australia and a really, really good insult comedian. Really top notch. So he is a prime host for Taskmaster. Perfect balance of snarky. And then when there needs to be the I get to be the celebratory, you did great. He can. It's, he's the best at it. 
perfect for a Taskmaster show. Tom Cashman is the assistant. And instead of like a Alex Horn awkward teen nerd, it's awkward teen nerd. He's like in his 40s. An awkward nerd, like a, just like, I'm just gonna be awkward about everything. He's the one that most gleeful about people fucking up. And it's a totally different dynamic for an assistant on a Taskmaster show. And it's really good still. So it's almost now like, here's the guy who's the masochist who likes this stuff, and the other who's really just, I'm impartial and I want everyone to succeed, but you suck. It's it works for Australia, and I, I enjoy a lot. They've had six episodes so far, and each one of them, Mama Mia, really good. So, in the middle of episode six, I got the news that they're extending Taskmaster in the UK. See, that's where your thought is. Oh, we're talking Australia. No, it's good. Go watch it. Done. Uh, is there going to extend to six more series? Okay, good. No problem. And they are going to do a junior Taskmaster. Okay, that's also pretty cool, I guess. But it's civilian kids doing the task. And it's not going to be with Greg Davies and maybe not Alex Horn. And it got me thinking, why, why are they fucking doing this? I mean, Taskmaster's purpose of a show, if you want to really break down Taskmaster, why it's a great show, it's simple ideas and comedians who are trying their best to either beat the game because it seems difficult, or two, give it their earnest effort and fail. They only know how they did, they don't know how the others have done. So what happens is when they get to watch the VTs, they get to reminisce about how they handled the task. And because these are comedians, they get to riff on their performance and others' performances in a way that makes it earnest and fun. The American version barely covered this. Uh, even though it was my favorite part of the American Taskmaster, which we only saw for maybe like one minute in the entire season. It's a show that is meant to appeal to like, here's comedians doing stuff. And then they go on to ventures and it's great. A kid's version, I could see as a one-off. Like, uh, like they do uh, the New Year, the New Year's treat with non-comedian contestants, and they have tried to do Taskmaster in the classroom because they want to promote arts, creativity, and field day act like activities, which is always a fun idea, and I appreciate that. That's a really noble cause. But I think having kids do a task, not see how the others did see how the other kids perform and then try that would not really work what could probably work out if is if they try to do it more like a one and done situation like hey we got these kids and we got them to play this and they're all at the same school they're all best friends uh or here's another idea maybe they just do what they did with the uh twitter we asked kids to make this task and we're just showing off what happens and here's our taskmaster to basically evaluate and reward fun points for the school like something like that but to do the proper format of taskmaster i don't know if that will work i'm casting doubts 
The only way it could probably work is if you get children actors to do this. And I don't know if you're going to just pull from like uh, Blue Peter presenters. I just, I don't think that's, that's really in the cards. Uh, so <laughs> I thought that was one of the most uh, weird stories that happened this week. Uh, and then in the game show news, um, people were upset that the, the Price is Right's moving to that other studio. When I'm, again, reminding people, it's a really cool idea that a game show studio is spending a shitload of money to build a home base for game show producers. And Haven Studios, they could make like a little mini shrine of all their favorites. It's really good. Additionally, uh, I think Press Your Luck is filming today. So this is the first to try it out. We'll see what happens with Family Feud, Let's Make a Deal, Price is Right, etc. One more note is, speaking of game shows, they they made a pilot for I've Got a Secret on Game Show Network, and the set looks great. It looks like fun. It looks like a pilot I would want to watch. And again, the fandom is just sort of just, I don't know what's the best way to describe it, angry, upset, frustrated. Like, I, I'm getting annoyed as a fan of game shows. When something new shows up and it's just negative, 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 negative. Just give anything a chance and see what happens. The worst thing that happens is it gets canceled or they never complete their full run. Or it just never airs like the cube and Wipeout. Uh, what makes me very sad is it's like, I, I, these are people who would say they love game shows and then like, here's some game show news that should be really hype and good and you should be the people who are really happy for it and they're not. I don't know what, where this, bur is it burnout? Is it just like nothing good after 1984 was good enough for these people? Like what the fuck? I, I mean, we have, we are living in a great age of game shows, admittedly. ABC Summer Fun and Games has given us almost every reboot we could ever ask for. NBC has had a great password reboot with no news about its return. Fox is dug into the well of new shows, new formats. They've tried The Mass Singer, which is a really successful show. They have MasterChef. Most of their shows, even though we joke about music competition shows and Ramsey, are all game shows. They're all reality competition or game shows or a dating show with the new Farmer Wants Old Wife. And to me, uh, that makes me really happy. I love seeing game shows. I love seeing formats. You may not like let's name that tune or beat Shazam or don't forget the lyrics or the bass singer, but at least it's there. They tried Game of Talents. They tried uh, I Can See Your Voice. So Fox is always willing to try something, and to me, that is really appreciated. CBS had Lingo, and I think they stopped, but they have the reality shows locked down. Every time a new season of Survivor starts, it's must-see television. There's a whole cult-like audience for Big Brother still. Big Brother. I thought that show would be ending well into the mid-2000s, and it's still around to this day. 
what I'm trying to get at here is that there's so many different game shows, so many choices. You can watch Netflix, you can watch Hulu, you can watch anything. I just don't understand why people would get really sad. Additionally, maybe this is just me, there's also ways to watch retro game shows like Buzzer and Game Show Network. And someone's probably uploading YouTube videos of this shit, as far as we know. And they're still not happy about it. Like, oh, you don't have this one Card Sharks episode from 1982. No. Why? Don't. It's rare that they even have this episode up. To me, that's just where my brain's at. It's, I'm happy just at the fact they exist. And it's good stuff and not really hacky, horrible shit like that late 2000s era game show. I don't know if you remember this, but like there was a time when game shows weren't really on the air or if they were, it was like a really horrible period of like you're, you have to be really mean or really cheap or like a deal or no deal knockoff or like there was a time when they had a fucking bingo game show called National Bingo Night. There was a time when they attempted to reboot Wanna Bet here in America and it lasted six episodes and the big highlight of it was Anton Deck hosted it and a celebrity couldn't f- fucking use the keypad correctly to bid their wager for money. That to me is what makes it so weird. Oh well. Uh, to me, it's just be grateful for what we have. Yes, there's oversaturation. Yes, you can't watch everything. But the good news is there's so many options here. And as the leading f- Dave Meltzer of game show, um, that's fine. People are excited about Survivor. People are excited about Game Show Network having all these original shows. Uh, I saw a, pi- a, 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 a TMZ pilot called Who the Bleep Is That? with Jeff Die. I don't want to go into the full review, but essentially it's you ring in when you see a photo of a celebrity and you get points. And whoever has the most points goes on to a bonus round where they can win money. And it's like a diss or dat with celebrities. Like, a, like, is it Mariah Carey or Drew Carey? And if they get 10 of those in 60 seconds, they win $5,000. Yes, five grand in, in 2023, where five grand could barely give you rent in Los Angeles. Uh, but if you fail, you get $200 a uh, point, which is, I guess, fine. It's at least a little different than here's a thousand dollars or a lobster gram. Uh, but Jeff Dye was an okay host. He did that awkward game show. He really wants to do game show hosting, it feels like, but he never really got the right format. I would say the show is okay. I think the set needs improvement. It has my least favorite set idea, which I've seen time and time again. It's the we have this windowed backdrop with the bubbles that I clearly remember from like the 2000s when they do things like a, a reunion special 
or uh, they had that same backdrop in the Taskmaster reboot. Uh, no, no, not the Taskmaster. The Taskmaster America. They had that same backdrop with the with the with the little balls. Uh, they use that same backdrop in Late Night Liars. Remember Late Night Liars? It was the puppet uh, doing like a Hollywood Squares type show on Game Show Network. Remember that that the puppets they had a puppet game show. They even had the puppet game show in the UK. I'm losing my mind. I'm remembering game shows. I don't think anyone fucking wants to remember. <laughs> so, um, anyway, I think the show it's it's not terrible. I think there is a concept there, but I think it needs work. And I think it, it again, it's the point system. Here's an idea. I, I want to throw this out into the public. Game shows are notoriously cheap. But why is it we're throwing points at people and not money? I think that would just be a, a new idea. And it's not even that new of an idea. If you're doing 100 points, why not just do one point? Why 100? If you do points with hundreds, I assume dollars. But they never can say dollars. So they can only say points. So... If you're doing points when the hundreds value, it just to me registers, you could have made this with dollars and made this an interesting game show with more money, but you can't because budgets, because maybe that's just the way it was. They just do like single points. Hey, you got this right, you get one point. You get five points. You don't, you can make it like a scoreboard, like in the game, in the sports. If you're going to do point systems, here's a novel idea. Make it dollars. And then if someone loses the show, oh, tough luck so-and-so, but you got $400 here, and that's yours to keep, thanks for playing. Wow, we totally have a whole new concept for a game show. People can keep the money, and the money's the points. Hooray. Does Family Feud still offer up the money as the points, or is it still still points? Like, if someone has 198 points in Family Feud, is it 198 dollars if they lose, or is it just points until it's unless they win, in which case that's money, and in which case they win a whopping 300 dollars in the once again the 2020s, where 300 bucks barely pays for groceries. <laughs> It's just, I understand game shows are notoriously cheap these days, but I'm watching Mr. Beast throw away like $20,000 to some rando guy. He's running laps on a lot of game shows. And that's the other thing that happened in the news this week is Mr. Beast. He tweeted like, hey guys, if you're at Walmart, could you please like do us a favor and make us look good with our chocolate bars? So, I mean, good, and I guess that helps the Walmart person who's probably stacking the shelves. Maybe making it worse. Who fucking knows? But dude, to do the work for them is just sort of just weird. 
I think it's because he does all of these good favors, like the eye surgeries and devices and cars, that someone assumes that, oh, if I do the good deed, Mr. Beast is going to give me something. Maybe I'm going to get like a million dollars. And there's a very well a chance that could happen. He wasn't he the one famous for like we went on stream and we put like we gave money to these zero view streamers. See what happens. Um. So maybe that's their thought process, but also is a, a weird way to explain capitalism. People are just doing stuff because they think they're going to get money, but most likely they won't. That's a lot of wasted effort for chocolate that, once again, tastes like that really crappy candy bars that people hustle you to buy in in the parking lot for for their like for their basketball team, and it, it tastes like chalk and it's gross. Same chocolate, same tasting, gross. Um. So, uh, it's this weird concept of like, there's a discourse over Mr. Beast, good or bad. And I want to make like a long video about this concept because again, I, I used to for a long time cover internet culture. There was a little thing called busy street. So this is kind of my forte. This is my area of expertise. Here's how, what I think about Mr. Beast. Mr. Beast is not a person, it's a brand. So to tar- target the one weird guy with the with the big beard, and what do they call it, the soy face, that, uh, that open jaw, like, hey, whoop, ah, about to eat imaginary sandwiches. It, you can't anymore. And I think that guy, I think his name is Jeremy. He's not a person anymore, he's a brand. He has sold out. So whatever he says, whatever he does, it's not the person. It's the brand Mr. Beast. He's not Jeremy. He's Mr. Beast. And Mr. Beast is not Jeremy. It's him and all of those dipshit friends of his who I do not know if they're their friends or if they got pulled straight out of casting or something like, hey, this is my group chat. We've met since Call of Duty uh, for Xbox. And now we're all rich. Here's Chandler. You know, Chandler from the Mr. Beast show. So I don't have a real thought about Mr. Beast other than it's a brand. It's a, it's in many ways, a challenge video channel. This is like the Sidemen, And their main concept is that um, they're trying their hardest to I think Jeremy's gimmick since he says he wants to make no profit whatsoever off YouTube videos. But I think that's a little horseshit because he's going to make money off merch. He's going to make money off Beast Burger. He's going to make money off the chocolate. He's going to make money everywhere. And he's probably not even on YouTube paying it forward. He can afford to give eye surgery to everybody and still churn a profit. Why is that? Well, I'm glad you asked because he is a YouTube social media sensation. You want a Kids Choice Award. And I should say, I should stop saying he, everyone's gonna say collective they. It's the brand. That brand has so many views on YouTube. It's basically, it might as well be a K-pop band. It has that many views. 
and they try to pay it forward, but they still make a profit. It basically is like Tom Shoes or Bombas. It's that we're charitable, but we're also making a profit. Additionally, I don't know if it's the, this Jeremy guy or someone in that collective coil who's like a CEO, CFO, or branding manager, whoever that is knows their way around YouTube way better than a lot of others. Because whoever it is can basically, by the millisecond, figure out how to keep people watching the videos. Everything from the first three seconds is something that's really cool at the end of the video to the way they handle a call to action right at the midpoint. And it's only like five seconds and you don't really know it. And they keep reinforcing it minute by minute. And then if there's like a real one minute ad read, it's part of the video. And that's how they're gonna make the fucking money is the, the app. And hey, use the promo code at checkout. That's how they're fucking making money. Whoever it is, is a brand. And this Jeremy guy is not Jeremy anymore. He's Mr. Beast. And he has essentially lost any sort of humanity. And I mean, he's he is human. He has a lot of giving. And I do believe that is in honesty something he's really committed to. Don't get me wrong. But he's lost any shed of who he is. Any sort of who he feels he is. In favor of the social media bubble. That to me is the Mr. Beast brand. He can do all of these good tidings, but they will come across as as gross because one, he could do a lot more, or two, he doesn't have to do it with the cameras running and all sorts of things like that. It's the fact it's social media related. All of this is for clout. All of this is for clicks. All of this is for likes. All of this is to keep the views going, to keep his channel going, to keep his brand and message across. So you can continue selling merch, so you can still buy crappy hamburgers and crappy chocolate. The Mr. Beast Burger is a smash burger, which is really good. The catch is they use deli brown mustard. That's their whole gimmick. Whoa, brown mustard. Guess what? It's inconsistent because they're made in ghost kitchens. Some are not as good as others. So when it comes to how I feel about Mr. Beast, I am mixed. On one hand, I think they're one of the best YouTube channels out there because they have maximized any way to appeal to people on a second to second basis on a way to maximize revenue and maximize interest, which increases their likely count. So they basically game the system so well, they are the best at it. But at the same time, it's a guy who has lost who he really is. And it's a real tragedy. And there are times and moments when you see the guy outside of his Mr. Beast challenge persona, and you realize he's kind of a dorky idiot. And I don't mean me like to be, let's dunk on Jeremy for a while. It's, have you seen the kid's choice awards? His fucking speech. That's the last time I saw him outside of the Mr. Beast character. He was in a UFO ship and they put him down like a fake elevator. Hey guys, well I was up there for 50 minutes and oh, I guess I got the kid. Well, thank you for voting for me, I guess. I don't know if I'm gonna get slimed or not, but oh boy, I was really up there. I had a fear of heights and you have no idea. That was really scary. Okay, well, I don't know if I can get slimed. I guess I'm good. Thank you, bye-bye. That was it. 
And then when you're watching Twitter thumbnails, it's, hey, I'm Mr. Beast, and we're doing TurboTax ads. If you get 3,500 bucks if you do this, because you know TurboTax, you could save all this money on your taxes if you do this. No, it's, no, that's, and they have his group of friends. This is essentially what Mr. Beast did is he made the jackass crew, but appeal to babies, like Dude Perfect. But Dude Perfect is sports oriented. They're a sports channel. Mr. Beast is not sports. There's no fucking branding associated with them other than quote unquote challenge. And even then the challenges don't really involve him anymore. Sometimes they do, but it's mostly, we just bought this desert island and if somebody can find this briefcase with $100,000 they can keep. Like a fucking reality show. It's fucking Game Changers, but with some other guy and shitloads of money and ads for mobile games that may or may not just brick your fucking phone. Sorry, I've just, the, 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 I've heard rumors that that fucking app game in the Squid Games video that it was like the big sponsor fucking bricks your phone. And he says he doesn't give a shit because they're probably throwing millions of dollars his way. He don't do it. And don't get me wrong, it's not him making the producers. I'm sure there's a real crew. There's real directors, real producers, real writers behind the scenes making this show. But you're gonna have this awkward guy go, we are doing this video where the... That's Mr. Beast. So you can respect that hustle. You can respect the game. You can even like his fucking videos. He has, however he perfected his personality and face makes sense you can like that you can also be very critical of the guy it makes sense i think 100 if you are critical of mr beast it shows you are a rational human who doesn't trust the fucking internet 100 of the time and i don't mean distrust the internet like if someone's crying and they're a victim well you're going to cast doubt no i mean like the person on the other end of your YouTube video is not who they say they are all the time. They have to edit, they have to rehearse, they have to produce. What is that character that they want to present themselves in front of that microphone, in front of that camera? For me, I'm just a wacky random guy. I'm not wacky random guy like, hey, hello, put whipped cream on my mouth, kind of shenanigans. No, it's just, there's always something on my mind and I've always wanted to talk about them. And unfortunately, no one really wants to hear it because, hey, a guy ranting about internet bullshit is like everybody on the fucking internet these days. I am now lost in a sea of piss. And that piss is the internet. Um, so Mr. Beast, you can respect the husk, respect the game, but you can also be critical of it and that's perfect. I don't trust Mr. Beast, the brand. You can respect the concept, but not the video. And that guy, the Jeremy guy, is not Mr. Beast. It's a brand. But Mr. Beast, the brand, is this Jeremy guy. And he has essentially, for lack of a better term, sold out. You will never know how he feels about video games. You will never know how he feels about a real TV show. You'll never know how he thinks politically, except for the rare times when maybe he'll pal along with Elon Musk. And then in the next minute, Elon Musk 
gets upset about woke brain chemical thing. I, what was this thing? The the woke parents, woke anything that's woke. I still don't know what the fuck woke means. And like a million Republicans and conservatives are trying to define it, and it's still very funny to me. It's like, so it's black people. That's it. Just black people. It's oh, it's Jews. Oh, okay. Oh, it's Asians, huh? All right. Oh. It's homeless people saying they need a handout. Oh, okay. Oh, it's just, it's coastal elitist. Oh. Oh, it's, it's just gays. Okay. And that's what we're f figuring out is just, you will never know what Mr. Beast's personality is. And Elon Musk, you'll definitely know who he is because he's currently batting a thousand on being an idiot. A real dumb, dumb baby on you. Never have I seen people go from, he's the real life Tony Stark to, wait, actually this guy might be a fucking stupid moron. This guy might not actually be as smart as he, he sold himself as. And maybe that's partially the internet I'm trying to talk about is people have made their brands and faked it till they make it. There are millions of people who are very talented. This is my last statement of the night. Imposter syndrome is very fucking real. Not everybody is going to quote unquote make it in the social media game and be a content creator. It's a, unfortunately a sad truth. Not everybody who's really talented as a comedian is going to make it as a stand-up comedian. Not everybody who's a good actor is going to get the best Oscar Oscar. Not everybody who is a gamer will end up like Ninja, will end up like QT Cinderella, will go to the creator clash and get to meet with Ludwig. It feels like a fucking like bootleg fucking Wu-Tang Clan members. The RZA, the SZA, and you know, <laughs> Jawin. <laughs> like that's that's just how, how it is right now uh, not everyone's going to be a big successful content creator not every podcast is going to be successful I know this podcast is definitely not successful I don't think anyone's going to listen again as I'm already aware but when it comes to content creation people want to show off what they like I think a lot of people want to do something, so they're going to try it. And I have to say this, you have to respect those that are trying their hardest to make it and go through all of these hurdles and are basically seeing their numbers and seeing it's one view, two view, zero views, and not giving up. I think those are the best people on the internet. The ones who haven't given up and are still making it. The ones who are maybe have 10 view, like 10 concurrent Twitch streamers. They're still busting their ass. They're still trying. I like that. That everybody's going to make it in that upper echelon, echelon of Twitch streamer. But they want to try. And... There's a lot of people who are just like, I want to be a, like a pundit in politics. A lot of people want to be like a Ben Shapiro 
and want to be in the Daily Wire payroll. And these are embarrassing people who will say anything to make a buck. I would never want to be these people, but there are so many fucking people who would do. It's very embarrassing, really sad. And those are ones I root against time and time again. I don't mean to like dunk on Republicans and conservatives and all that shit, but trans rights, folks, it's not fucking difficult. LGBT rights. Any sort of thing with identity politics shouldn't fucking matter. What do you want to do in this world where if that doesn't exist, what you want to do? Turns out they got nothing. So they have to create a boogeyman and they have to pull this bullshit. So the ones that want to talk about video games, fuck yeah. I mean, I agree with you, donkey, but fuck yeah, go for it. Fucking whatever. Those are the ones I like. I like the ones who are giving a shit and trying and not dunking on a minority group. And the ones who are trying and trying hard enough to keep going because they know maybe this one thing will be the time I get up. I love that. I love the ones who aren't giving up. And the ones that are successful currently, maybe they are a, an artist who had like a DeviantArt account when they were in high school and then they get work for comic books or a webtoon or they have a, like an artist alley and they may not have like the most sales. They may not have sold out every print, but they may have made a thousand, two thousand dollars that weekend and got to meet a lot of people who they've probably only seen on social media. You have people who do Dungeons and Dragons to which holy shit, so many role-playing channels. And they're selling out stages. They're selling out a meet and greets. And they have this sort of imposter syndrome because they're at that successful state. And they don't believe it. They don't believe it's real. And they don't know if they're good enough. I think the ones who are these comedians, these actors, these performers, these artists, I want to be the one to say, hey, they are good enough. They have whatever they did. They made it to a point where they got successful at it and they need to keep grinding it out. But a lot of times they doubt themselves. And I think it's because of the Internet. The Internet has caused this blockade in their brain that they feel they're not worth it. At the same time, the ones who have this feeling this entire time of, I give, like, I'm not worth it. No one's watching this shit. They're still grinding it out. There's this yin and yang of content creation. And I want to really hammer home the ones who have maybe that following and are doing college humor videos or rooster teeth or I fucking, I don't know. These, the content creation farms where they're their own individual channel and they get to hang out with people. They made it. They deserve it. You deserve to use this clip for as long as possible because just like any sort of thing on television, it's a very short period of time before something knocks you out. So you got to reformat, rebrand yourself, whatever it takes. Or you can be like James Rolfe, keep doing Eric Video Game Nerd and things time and time again, people still watch that shit. And he deserves it. He's good. That's right, people who have been doing this shit for years are good. And they still have this weird moment where they're like, well, I don't think I'm good enough because I'm not the way I was back, who cares? I think people are good enough. I think the problem is a lot of people who are in that 
I don't know if I'm good enough and I'm a faker, or looking back to where they were at the beginning and thinking they don't deserve it. They do. And they also are fearful this could be the end and next month this could all end. And that is a real scary thought and one that I honestly don't blame them for thinking because that could very well happen. I'm not trying to be like, oh, never. It happens. I've seen content creators uh, do flash shows and then they stop. I've seen people do web comics for years and then they just don't update. Fanfic writers who have like hundreds of chapters and then they just sort of fall out. Maybe a health scare. Maybe they just aren't interested anymore. People drop out. And I think back to a lot of times in my life on the internet. I've written video game reviews and stopped. I did podcasts and stopped. I do a lot of things and stop. I've had both the successes of being a quote-unquote known person and being a nobody, which is right now, by the way. And I gotta tell you, they're both really scary thoughts. When I was uh, doing these internet review things on Busy Street, I was like the successful naysayer of internet reviewers. So every day, my comment section was full of hundreds of people being vitriolic or horrible. People sending death threats, like all that horrible shit. And ultimately, all I wanted to do was find weird shit on the internet and just have fun with it, which kind of became the basis of At Midnight. So now I'm getting really annoyed. Um, that it felt really good because people didn't like what I had to say. And they did kind of like, hey, Jordan, what's up? But time and time again, I had this thought of, is this really what I want to be doing? Like saying fuck you to like a guy who just wants to talk about video games? Like they're like a small, they're like a teenager to a child. I'm I'm hurting a fucking child right now. This fucking sucks. And I said, no, that's not who I am. This person's trying their hardest, They're, they, and they've gone on to, by the way, some of the people I've looked into have gone on to be very successful, way more than I've ever done, and I applaud them. Um, but that, that sort of thing where it's just like every day is like strenuously, I have to do something, I have to update. If I don't, people are gonna hate me. People are just, and people aren't really gonna see me as a comic writer, they're gonna see me as this, and that. It fucks up your brain. At the same time, oh man, I'm doing nothing for five years. I'm just going to fucking do this. Who cares? I guess I'll do a game show podcast. I guess one view, two view. I guess I'll do a bingo podcast. No, bingo stream. Okay, whatever. And it's this little bits here and there. And I do think I'm not good enough a lot of time. And I feel like giving up. I felt like giving up for weeks years there's nothing really for me here i just know what i'm knowledgeable at and i think it's not really something people want because obviously anyone can talk about game shows anybody can talk about internet culture now that social media has basically made everybody an opinion maker even if they have the dumbest opinions there's no need for me 
A guy who has spent decades covering fucking big game shows. A guy who is main claim to fame is making fun of internet trends and the bullshit that surrounds them. I feel like I'm not good enough. And there are times where it's like, why fucking bother? The reason I continue is because this is really just me right now. In my time frame, or I know I have limited time to make content because of my mom's health, because of where I am in real life on a, on a mental health standpoint. I know that what I'm saying is not acting out in rage as it would be if I was in my 20s or in my teenage years. This is when I'm a fun, fucking grown-ass adult. It's because I know I'm right. And it's not an ego trip mode. It really is just because I've been here. I've done this. I know exactly what's going on. This is how the fucking internet works. But no one will listen to that. And then they get confused or they don't fucking know any better. Case in point. Uh, Disney. Nickelodeon. Um, retro shit. You name it. We People are doing like Disney vlogs. Why? Because it's joyful and happy. Why? Because the fucking world sucks and it's a distraction. So you're watching a happy thing because the world fucking sucks. Easy peasy. The people you're watching, they're having fun and joy. And there's a difference between a FOMO and you want to beat the shit out of these people. And once where they get like your friend and they're like, hey, come on over. We're going to have some fun. We're going to eat some churros. We love you. And they feel like they mean it. And those that do tend to be successful. The ones that are really bad at it don't. There's a whole talk about like defunct land and uh, knickknacks and... Um, my friend Jess is doing the Fox Kids Club, which is like knickknacks, but with the Fox Kids. And there's uh, under consultation, all these retro things, because us millennials, and I guess Gen Z now, we want to get into the nostalgia mode. Hey, remember this? We're fucking parents doing the, hey, remember Woodstock? Remember when you were like in the 90s and there was like Woodstock documentaries on like every other channel? We're just doing that now, but with our 90s pop culture. Why? Because we have grown up. We have burnt out, and the nostalgia takes us to a time that made us feel like, hey, the world is better. Even if, on a critical standpoint, it wasn't really any different than it was. It's just that you are a kid. So, hey, you know, anime is successful. Why is that? Because for most people, it's a cool interest hobby. It's a cool little niche genre of animation. Even though it's just animation. There's a lot of things that go into a lot of questions. The best way to describe what happens right now is what do people want to do on the internet to be successful and how are they going about the ways to do so? Me, I'm just uploading this and tweeting about it. Once, maybe twice putting on my Discord, and that's it. There are others who are going to hustle their podcast and put it on, like, Facebook and Instagram and all over the place. Me, not really. Why would you want to listen to an almost an hour-long podcast where nothing really interesting happens? No. You don't need to. 
Anyway, um, that was my thought. I don't know if I'm making any sense here again, because I am, of course, talking to a microphone by myself. But that's just how I, I feel about things. I think the internet is where everything is going, everything is heading, but the content creation aspect is going to be the big fighting ground. And a lot of people are gonna, who are maybe successful right now are gonna crash and burn. And it's gonna be horrifyingly sad. A lot of people who are giving are in the low tiers, one, two, three views, are gonna give up and it's gonna be really sad. They're gonna be success stories for those who are the one, two, three views are gonna be the big future stars. Maybe they're on TikTok, unless it gets banned. <laughs> what a dumb fucking country. Or it's going to be people who find a new idea, a new reinvention of something that used to be there. Personally, why don't you just bring back the fucking message board? Seems like a successful idea. Something awful is doing it. And how to succeed in that department. Me, I still don't know. I can talk game shows all I want. I could talk video games. I could talk. I'm not really the one who, who can say I did the best review of Gotham Knights. I'm just telling you how I feel and I was disappointed and engrossed. When it comes to game shows, I'm grossed out by the community who should love it. And it's just so sad. It, it's okay to say game show sucks. Like, don't get me wrong. It, it, game shows could be very terrible. But we haven't really reached that limit yet. And I think the future is going to be very optimistic when it comes to game shows. Even though it's going to be streaming shows, maybe one season's and done. But it will be okay. All I want to do is be the guy to be your voice. I am your voice at game shows. Um, not really. I know that. So, it, it honestly just feels like burnout most of the time. And it just feels like, to me, that's the why bother. I'm not the biggest expert in game shows. I'm not the biggest expert in any of these things. But on the analytical standpoint, there's a lot of things coming down. There's a lot of things to look forward to. And I think the best thing that I have propped myself out for on the internet is uh, three things. One, I hope I have hammered home time and time again, honesty. I have no problems being vulnerable. I have no problems being honest and saying, I think family YouTube channels are very disgusting because they put the mental health of these kids at serious risk. And you can't, and I don't trust any child who runs a YouTube channel and that includes that piece of shit Ryan. Don't trust these people. I don't like it. I don't, and I, I hope by being honest, talking about my vulnerabilities, talking about what makes me sad, 
It makes me upset. People can see that I'm a human. <laughs> and that's something that you don't really see much on the internet. Ever. So I hope people can at least take me at face value <laughs> in a world where there is no face value anymore. Two, in addition to being honest and being at face value and just seeing the dumbest takes possible, two, I post hamburgers every night. Good night hamburgers on Twitter. I like hamburgers. Keep sending me your hamburgers. Send me the hamburger. Send me Kirby. I love that pink puffball Kirby. And three, game shows. I have, I don't really do the communities on game shows. I've always been kind of an outsider on it because I haven't been a person in the tape trade circuit in the 90s or the early 2000s. So most of the time when I watched game shows, it was in the days of Torrance, Kazaa, uh, <laughs> uh, and YouTube slash Dailymotion. So a lot of international game shows, thanks to YouTube. VPN has been a life changer. And Game Show Network, you only watch certain amounts and get a feel for it, but it's great that there's a ways now to watch the shows. And I love the fact that I don't center myself on the retro game shows. Yes, hey, remember Hollywood Squares? Remember Match Game? Yeah, I do. Remember Bob Barker? Yeah, I do. But I live in 2023. Currently, there's Drew Carey hosting The Price is Right. There's a reboot of Password with Kiki Palmer. And there's international game shows, not just in the UK. I know we want to talk about The Chase. We want to talk about Limitless Win. I do that all the time. But I mean, like, Australia, the Taskmaster is really good there. There's this really cool show called Jet Lag. It's kind of like The Amazing Race, but with like traveling in New Zealand. It's really cool. Check it out. Um, always need ideas. It's out there. You just have to look for them. There's a really good version of The Mold that's not on Netflix. Check it out. Um, I really wanted, I wanted to slip myself as just sort of this Game, I hate to say a pundit because I feel like pundits are just weird opinion makers. If I liked it, I didn't like it. I didn't review, which I do review, I do critique, but I think there's a game show for everybody, and if it's not for me, it will be for somebody else. And I think a lot of people still think negatively about game shows. And I think the fandom is really negative about modern game shows. For me, the biggest negative in modern game shows is just how stagnant the GSN formats are. Hey, there's a catch-up round, and then there's a thousand dollars for the winner, and they have a chance to win ten thousand dollars. No. Boring. These are all boring ideas, but every once in a while, every so often, hey, there's cheat on Netflix. Hey. The reboot of Password with Kiki Palmer, really good. And it takes you by surprise. 
and I want to be the one that keeps I hate to say being positive about game shows because I know I'm very negative a lot of times too but just to continue being that advocate for this really amazing genre of television even if that television is going the way of Twitch streams and YouTube videos and my real biggest concern my final thought of the night as game shows continue to go on the internet and we keep seeing Mr. Beast sort of challenge videos I fear there's going to be another cheat scandal someone's going to lie to the public about giving money away deceive the public because that's the way the internet works you gotta lie to do the clicks and I don't know if it'll be Mr. Beast or Mr. Beast clone or one of these other channels where they just throw a hundred dollars to a homeless person but someone's gonna take the hundred bucks and go psych someone's gonna do a quiz show and not offer the prize they're gonna do pitfall someone's gonna just lie and be a genius when they're not and do a tic-tac-toe all over again tic-tac-toe or 21 all over again and as the internet's not regulated what's gonna happen that's my biggest fear we are probably a year away from another game show scandal and not including HQ I, I fear we're gonna have like a Mr. Beast video. We gave away a million bucks and then we didn't give away a million bucks. We're that's the scariest part of all this. We're gonna see people say, claim they've won money they didn't. Or it's just gonna be really scripted, but they're gonna say it's a game show. And that's just I I, I find that very gross. That's the thing I don't want, and I fear that's going to happen. Anyway, uh, that is going to do it for this week's episode. Um, I hope you had fun. Um, I, I probably went very long this episode. Be sure to check out podca- uh, the podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, Google, all that good stuff. And additionally, check out my YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash at Jordan Haas. We play video games every day. Go figure. Uh, We've been playing Fall Guys. It sucks. It's getting bad. Fortnite, very fun. And lots more things to come, hopefully. I'm going to now sign off run down and check on my mom's health and hopefully tomorrow things will get better send all the good vibes your way because i honestly i need it and mostly my mom needs it Uh, because the truth of the matter is the second she's dead and i don't want to think she will die but in the event she dies i will be truly alone And that keeps me up at night. And that's my biggest fear. Anyway, um, that's a weird sad note. Uh, So I will uh, say thanks for tuning in. We'll see you soon. Good night.
this, this, this fucking music sucks. What the shit? <laughs> what is this don't stop believing ripoff? Ugh, bye.